Hi, my name is Lynette, and I'm an employee of Associated Electric Cooperative. My favorite thing about being an employee at Associated is providing electric power to so many members at the end of the line. I love being at the cooperative because everyone here is working hard for our end-of-the-line users to help save them money and provide reliable electric service. Also, not many people know, but every electric cooperative gives back to their local community through various channels. Welcome to the Power for Your Life podcast, where we focus on energy efficiency, the value of electric cooperative membership, and safety around electricity. I'm Daryl Lindsay, your host, and today's subject, winter safety tips. With me by phone today is Molly Hall, Executive Director of Safe Electricity. Safe Electricity is an award-winning multimedia public awareness program of the Energy Education Council. Established in 2001, Safe Electricity provides information to consumers and helps with safety education activities for utilities and educators. Molly, let's get right to today's topic, winter safety. I recently read an article that mentioned that half of all fires occur in the home during the winter months and that space heaters are one of the major culprits of these fires. What are some safety tips for homeowners to keep in mind when using space heaters? Um, well, first of all, I would say it's really important to have a working smoke detector. Um, you know, when these fires happen, um, the tragedy is that sometimes they are fatal fires. And in most of those cases, the officials discover there's no working smoke detector in the home. So um, smoke detectors do save lives. Um, you need to make sure that those batteries are changed twice a year. Uh, we always say, you know, when you're changing your clocks, the spring forward and the fall back, that's a good time to test those batteries or change them. So let's start with those. Um, now, space heaters can have some great value. Um, that's a great way to, uh, you know, heat a, a small space. If you want to, you know, close off some rooms and just heat a, a room or a small space, they can come in handy. One of the main things to keep in mind is that, is that space heaters need space all around them. Uh, you want to place them on a level surface and away from areas where they can be bumped or knocked over and at least three feet away in all directions from anything that could be flammable like drapes, furniture, or clothing, papers, magazines, and you never leave a space heater unattended or running while you're asleep. Um, before you even plug it in, you want to check it, you know, check those cords for, for any cracks or worn spots. And if any are found, you want to replace the cord or the heater. And you avoid using extension cords. And if you have to use one, use a heavy-duty cord that's marked with a power rating that's at least as high as the heater. And you want to make sure that you're not overloading circuits by plugging, plugging too many things into one outlet. Um, I remember when I was growing up, we had a space heater that we used in a large bathroom area. It had a metal case, totally metal. Um, had a metal grill, and uh, then now that I think about it, and of course you could see the exposed elements on the other side of the grill, I'm sure little fingers could have gotten in there to touch those elements. 
space heaters have come a long way in the safety um, improvements. So if you need to buy one, look for one that's been tested and labeled by a nationally recognized testing facility like the Underwriters Laboratories. And you want to look for these safety features. A tip-over switch. It automatically shuts off the heater if it falls over. Um, a protective grill that prevents anyone from touching the heating elements. And a sealed heating or sealed elements encased in metal or ceramic, you know, so that there's no way you can get to those elements. So they're much safer now today, but you do need to take care. Don't leave them unattended or running, especially while you sleep. Molly, I'm curious, are there any special considerations to remember when using a space heater around children or pets? Absolutely. Um, you don't want to use a, a space heater in a play area. If you've got children in the home, you especially need to be vigilant. But, you know, make sure the, the kids' play area is away. And, you know, it, if it's a child that's mobile and can understand, you have to teach them, stay away from this. Pets, so the same thing. Uh, make sure that puppy is in another room or maybe in its crate. Um, but you want to keep animals and children away from space heaters. Um, and if they're old enough to understand, make sure they, they know they just don't go near it. Let's talk a minute about winter storms. We usually have at least one major winter storm with snow and ice. So what are the steps that we need to do before the storm hits and how far in advance should we prepare? Oh, there, there are lots of them. Um, you know, one of the things is, you know, when, when there's ice involved um, or heavy wet snow that can turn to ice, um, your utility is going to be working as hard as it, as it can to um, reconnect that electricity as safely and fast as possible. But let's face it, Mother Nature is, is unpredictable and it's in control in those situations. So you could be without power for days. So you need to think about that well in advance of the possibility of a winter storm. Um, in order to keep your home as warm as possible when the power goes out, go ahead and caulk and weather strip any gaps or openings um, and insulate your pipes to keep those from freezing. Um, that's, that's an important consideration. Um, and test your carbon monoxide detector, ensure it's working properly, and make sure you have one with a battery backup. That's a really good thing to have. You, you absolutely have to gather up supplies um, in case there's a prolonged outage. Um, your emergency kit should include flashlights uh, with extra batteries, a battery-powered radio. If you want to um, have a portable charger for your cell phone, but keep your cell phone charged at all times. You know, just make sure that, that you've got some power when you need it in those important uh, electronics. You want to have extra blankets, bottled water, and non-perishable food. And uh, be mindful of each person's specific specific needs, um, like medication. If, if you have an important medication, keep an ample supply on hand, um, have, a, have a first aid kit handy, and don't forget to plan for your pets. If you've got cats or dogs or pets, make sure that you've got some extra food supplies and water supplies for them. Bottled water is very important. Um, if those pipes were to freeze, you're going to need that liquid um, in a safe way. So you definitely want to be prepared before. Uh, listen for those emergency weather um, alerts 
when when those things are are going to be happening that you 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 are prepared in your home ahead of time. And it's a good idea to have this stuff in your car too. You want to make sure you've got uh, your jumper cables, uh, some sand for traction, flashlight, batteries, but you know some extra blankets, bottled water, and non-perishable snacks. Molly, what electrical hazards should I be aware of during a winter storm? Obviously, it's best to hunker down inside your home for the duration of a severe storm, but if you have to go outside, you have to be very careful of downed power lines. And, and they can be buried in snow and ice and still be energized because those are insulators. Um, you want to, if you see lines down, stay away. Warn others to stay away. You have to treat them all as if they are live and dangerous and treat everything near a power line as possibly dangerous too uh, because you don't know what that might be in contact with. So if you see stagging or downed power lines, you're going to need to alert the utility, keep people away from those, um, and you stay as far away as you can. If you can and stay inside um, your home and you don't go out, dress in layers and keep covered up in blankets. Keep your home as warm as possible by closing off unneeded rooms. Place draft blocks at the bottoms of the doors. Keep the windows covered at night. You know, some people do have supplemental sources of heat, maybe powered by propane or natural gas. If you're going to use those, make sure that they're properly vented and, again, that you've got that carbon monoxide uh, detector with a battery backup. Um, and you also, I probably should have mentioned this, you may have a neighbor with a generator that doesn't know how to use it correctly. If you see a downed line and you, you are just positive that it's dead, and it, they don't have to be arcing or sparking uh, to be energized, um, but just be aware that a line can become energized even after it's lost power if someone uses a generator improperly. So just stay, stay away from those power lines. So as you mentioned, stay away from downed power lines and remain calm. Make sure your utility provider knows about the outage and be patient. So let's take a short break and when we come back, we'll talk more about electric generator safety. From farms to construction sites to home projects, millions of people run heavy equipment every day and are at risk when operating around electrical equipment. Watch out for overhead power lines when operating dump trucks or equipment with extensions. Keep equipment at least 10 feet away from lines and use a spotter when working with tall loads. For more safety information, visit safeelectricity.org. Are you prepared to stay safe and warm if a winter storm knocks out power? Ice, wind, and heavy snow can slow down restoration. So have extra blankets and supplies on hand to help weather a prolonged outage safely. And before venturing outside, be aware that ice and snow can hide dangers like downed power lines that are energized. Learn more about winter storm safety at safeelectricity.org. Energy saving tip number three, Plug electronic devices such as cable boxes, printers, and TVs into power strips to turn off during vacations or long periods without use. Smart power strips make it an easy task to save money. 
back with the Power for Your Life podcast, visiting today with Molly Hall of Safe Electricity. And Molly, we've talked about the many ways to stay safe during the winter storms and safety around space heaters. And as you alluded before the break, let's talk about portable electric generators and their use for the home during power outages. Nearly 70% of deaths caused by portable electric generators occur at the home. So how can I use one safely? Uh, the first thing, and I didn't know this was going to catch some folks, is to read the operating instructions. That's something a lot of people don't do. Um, if they, I know motors, I know gas-powered motors, I know everything about firing up something. That, that doesn't teach you everything that you need to know. But the main thing is don't use your portable generator anywhere near the home where an air intake could get those fumes inside the home. So not in the basement, which is where some uh, inspectors have found generators, not in the home, not even in the garage. Have that generator away from the home and use an extension cord from inside the home to connect your appliances to that generator. Before you even plug it in, check the cords for damage, ensure it's able to handle the wattage or the amperage of the appliances you plan to use. Your generator should have more output than the wattage of whatever electric appliance or electronic you want to plug in. And you want to make sure that nothing is plugged into the generator when you turn it on. Turn on the generator first, then you can plug things into it. Never plug your portable generator into a home outlet because that can energize your electrical system and send back feed through the electrical system. When that happens, you could kill a lineman, kill or injure a lineman who's working to restore power. You could hurt a neighbor or a pet that's near a downed line. So you need to make sure that anything that you want to energize with a portable generator gets plugged into the generator through an extension cord, not into the home outlet. One thing to keep in mind is it needs to be dry and it needs to be on a flat surface. Only use a generator in moist conditions if you have to. And, and in that kind of situation, you want to put it under a canopy-like structure. Again, not in your garage, but um, you've seen the open-sided tents where you've got a canopy on top, but there's lots of air all around it. That's what you want uh, to do, and certainly not in an area where it could puddle or water could flow underneath the generator. You need to keep that dry. You want to make sure that you give it time, or you shut it down and give it time to cool before you add more gasoline. You do not add gasoline to a hot or running generator. You want to uh, make sure that you don't operate it near flame-producing devices. You know, you're, and, 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 and don't smoke near it, you know. <laughs> don't light a cigarette or, or anything like that um, near, your, near your generator. Um, I, I think it's really important to keep in mind that you want enough fresh air around that and away from the home to reduce the danger of carbon monoxide poisoning. Carbon monoxide is the number one killer of portable generator use because it's an odorless, colorless gas. You start to feel the effects 
and sometimes people get sleepy and, and they die. They are overcome by the carbon monoxide. So you really have to make sure that that generator is away from the home, away from air intakes, and make sure that there's plenty of fresh air around it. Again, I'm going to go back to that battery-operated carbon monoxide uh, detector. You know, you can have those that plug into an outlet but have that battery backup. Molly, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about winter storm safety? You know what, I probably should have mentioned that far more people have portable generators today than ever. Um, there are millions of them out there. Um, there have been enough, and actually, if, uh, if, you, if you've been paying attention to weather patterns and so on, we're having more severe weather more frequently um, throughout the year each year. And so when these things happen, more people go out and get these portable generators. So you just need to keep in mind that if you're outside and you're seeing those sagging or down lines, a neighbor improperly using their portable generator could be sending energy back through that system even if the power has gone out. So you definitely want to use those uh, very carefully and safely. You might want to check your um, cooperative website to check to see what kind of safety information they have there. We have uh, just recently put out a winter storm safety video that many of them may have on their website. And we've got other types of videos uh, that can really be helpful for you in wintertime. I would encourage everyone to visit safeelectricity.org. And again, many of your cooperative websites are going to have the, the link to Safe Electricity on their own websites. But you can watch videos. Kids can play games, interactive games. And um, there are activity sheets, family safety checklists that parents and children can do together in the home. So um, that's a great source of information. And it's not just articles, although we do have those in, in English and Spanish. Um, it's just a great place to find videos that we've created that you can learn from, from other people's experience with electrical incidents. Um, but you can also keep in mind that your electric cooperatives are going to have videos that are not on our site that are available to them for their support of our program. So um, use both of those resources to help you to be safe. And um, just always be aware, electricity is a wonderful source of energy for our modern society. It powers everything around us. It makes this podcast possible, but we need to respect that power and understand that we need to be safe around it. Molly Hall, Executive Director of Safe Electricity, an educational partner with utilities and schools across the country. Molly, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure and anytime. We, we always enjoy talking about electrical safety. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To learn more about this topic and other safety, efficiency, and energy technology information, contact your local electric cooperative or visit us on the web at membersfirst.coop. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash membersfirstcooperatives or on Instagram at instagram.com slash membersfirst. If you have a question or topic you would like us to consider for an upcoming episode, email us at membersfirst at aeci.org.